Suggest. My name is Sarah. I'm Jade. And I'm Gina. And I'm David. <laughs> Our, uh, Hi, David. Of course. <laughs> Hi, David. Our technical backup. Thank you, David. Let's we'll keep going. We got this. Keep going. We'll roll right. with it. Well, today we are talking about the Mary Spencer vibe. Start that over. Come on, Gabriel. No, it's no, fine. No, it's funny. Oh, it's cool. I, I like that. He won't know until it's too late. It'll be posted already. He won't be able to do exactly. anything about it. Exactly. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, <laughs> today we are talking about the Mary Spencer uh, by Mallory Ortberg. And I have to say, when this came out, when was it published? February? Yeah. It was early this year. Yeah. yeah. We were all super excited. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. We just said we're reading this. We didn't even put this in, into a poll because we all three wanted to read this. And also because May is National Short Story Month, so True. it was Yay. perfect. Yes. The perfect read. So, it's do fun. Want to start with our favorites? Uh, real quick, the Mary Spinster. Tales of Everyday Horror, Horror is fairy tale retellings, just to ish. Yes. Ish. Yes. Some just of them to, are retelling, some of them just kind of referencing, some of them are like completely outside the norm. Just so you're um, like, what is this short story they're collection? Yeah. Really weird. And yeah. Dark. Some of them are, recogni- are really recognizable as you're reading them, some of them are really, really not. Some of them get like really dark. Some of them. <laughs> I like the dark ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. some of them, like, reading through them, I at least was, I think I got, like, a little too focused on trying to figure out what it was a retelling of, mm-hmm. and therefore I got get confused by the story, because either it wouldn't be a complete retelling, or it wouldn't mm-hmm. be, and I'd be like, I'd miss the point. Of a couple Yeah, I'd miss the point, and I'd be like, I missed something. And there were, yeah, there were a couple stories that where that happened to me. Um... Full disclosure, I did not reread, I read through the whole book, I did not reread any of the individual stories, even the ones that confused me. So I was like, we can discuss it, maybe we can work something out. Yeah, I was kind of thinking, because there were some, there's some, like, I kind of forget, um, where I was like, maybe I should go back and reread that. Yeah, but, but I didn't. We, none of us, I don't think any of us did. Maybe later. Um, <laughs> did you guys, like, read it in order, or did you guys, like, read the stories where you clearly knew um, what it was retelling? I, I went straight through. Yes. Yeah, okay, I did uh-huh. too. I kind of wanted to read... Uh, like Mary Spencer first because I knew that would be in the Beast. I did not. I mean, I oh. did once you told me, and then of course once you get into it, like the first page is like, this girl was named Beauty, and I was like, oh, okay, I got that. <laughs> but that, that's probably like one um, fairy tale that I know really well. So mm-hmm. like right away, um, I knew it. So at first I was kind of like, I want to read Beauty and the Beast first, or the one that's based on Beauty and the Beast first. But I was like, no, start at the beginning. And go to the end. Mm-hmm. Don't jump around. Not that you really need to read it in order. No. No. No, you don't. Um, really fast, before we start really delving into the individual stories, uh, I do want to mention this is a very timely book um, dealing mm-hmm. with culture, dealing with politics, dealing with um, gender. gender norms and like the norms that we have in society and kind of turning a lot of them on their head. So I'm guessing we're going to be discussing that sort of thing a lot. So if that's not well, really not what you want to be hearing, that. yeah, maybe skip this month. We hope you enjoy our discussion. But I know that for some people, especially right now, politics are something they really don't want to get into in their entertainment. So mm-hmm. just throwing that out there to begin with. And also, if you were to look up Mallory Ortberg, you would see that she is now Daniel. Mallory yeah. Ortberg. Yeah, he came mm-hmm. out um, 
like I think the right around the like, book was right after the book uh-huh. was released, yes. saying he identifies as male. Mm-hmm. So yes, so just in case well, you look I don't up know the about author, you guys, but um, I didn't read the toast when it's when it was started. Mm-hmm. I think I started reading it like more towards the end of the toast, um, and I really enjoyed her writing. I think I read through. Is it text? Yes, text from Jane Eyre. Um, I think we all read that. Yeah, we all read that. I read that and was like, everybody needs to read this. Except (laughs) for the one about Pride and Prejudice because as the history and... Yeah, I was just like, no, this none of this, this one does not make sense. It's funny From a historical aspect. A lot of articles that I have read about, like, her as an author is that her writing is like librarian hate men. Like, a lot of librarians will have, like, her writing. Yeah. Um, which I think is interesting. I mean, I definitely love like everything um, he's written. Mm-hmm. So, did you guys read the toast at all? No, I actually, think I read a few articles. Like if they'd show up on my Facebook feed or, feed or anything like that. I'd the name them. is familiar, but I don't think I ever read any. Or if it got referenced on like the Daily Show mm-hmm. or something. It ended. Oh gosh, I don't. It ended a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been down for for a few years. Yeah, um, I saw that. And I think he writes. For Dear Prudence as well. Yes. Do you mm-hmm. guys, have you guys listened to the podcast? Dear I have not. No. I mean, I haven't listened to like a ton, but I've listened to some and, and I really enjoy it. And I also believe her news, his newsletter, the, the uh, something Shatner. Yes. It's a reference to. I want to say um, the Shatner. 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 Yes. <laughs> I subscribed. <laughs> I haven't read a lot, but what I have read is. Is good. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll link to everything um, yes. that he has written because he's written a lot. But we yeah. we will do that for you guys. Okay. So do you guys do you guys want to start with favorites or do you want to start with the her story? Uh-huh. Let's go through our favorites. I think. Sure. Okay. We already said we don't need to read them in order. True. So uh, if we feel the need to discuss more, like we will, we will. Um, I think we already kind of decided that we'll be discussing some of them more in depth than others. Talking about our favorites, I mean, I'm sure we'll end up discussing all of them, maybe, but um, we were discussing the fact that if we really got into a conversation on this book, we could probably go for like eight hours at least. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to put you through that. Um, I do, I do want to say, Daniel, please write like a sequel to this. <laughs> I think I was talking to Jade earlier. Um, some other stories that I would have loved to see how he could interpret them, like Pinocchio. Oh, yeah. Or, uh, God, what was the other one I was thinking of? I was like, oh my God, he would have done such an amazing job with this one. Um, we didn't say Sleeping Beauty. No. no. Um, I don't even know if it was a grim fairy tale. I don't remember. Anyways, if you ever listen to this, please write a follow-up to I it. was listening to the um, Mash... Mashable's podcast for books, that's Mash Reads, um, they were talking about this book. And yeah, one of the guys was saying, like, he does, I don't think he really reads short stories too much, and he liked the collection, but yeah, there were a couple that he's like, these could just be novels. Like, it would be cool if, you know, he did, like, spin-offs from this book, or, like you said, a second collection, um, but he was like, he liked it, but he wanted some of the stories he wanted, like, a novel out of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hansel and Gretel was one. Uh I thought about that he could have done like a really good job with so maybe that will come out eventually. Oh, um, cool. So do you know what was your favorite story? 
Um, my favorite what was... What was it called and then like what was it based on? Okay, so my favorite in here is called, um, actually I randomly put my bookmark into it earlier, it was hilarious, The Six Boy Coffins. Okay. Mm -hmm. I loved that one That's a good so one. much. And it was based off of um, The Six Swans by Jacob and Wilhelm, Wilhelm Grimm and The Twelve Brothers. Mm -hmm. So in this version, which... I also did not go through and reread any of the original source material. Mm -hmm. I have a general understanding of all of this because I've always been really into legends and fables and stories like this, and going into the original material, not just the Disneyfied Hans Christian Andersen, you know, happy-go-lucky versions. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, so in this, in the Six Boy Coffins, uh, King has six sons. And it's like, loves them when they're little boys, but as they start getting older, it's like, oh, well, what are we going to do when I have six sons and one kingdom? And so it basically tells his wife, you know, if the next child you give me is a daughter, we're going to kill all of our sons and leave everything to her. And it's like, well, if you have it, look on the bright side, you might have a son. We don't know. <laughs> so he has really nice coffins made up with little pillows and like everything's because they're still princes. Uh -huh. <laughs> Even if they're going to be murdered princes, they're princes. Um, and the youngest prince ends up seeing his mother crying about it and wishing that the next child will be born. And she basically, like, she tries to starve herself and tries to, like, she tries to make herself miscarry without being right. obvious about it mm -hmm. so that her children won't be killed. Um, so she tells her son to take all his brothers and to run away in the forest and watch for a flag. And if the child is a boy, she'll raise a white flag and it'll be safe for them to come back. And if it's a girl, she'll raise a red flag and they'll have to go deeper in the forest and live their lives. So it turns out to be a girl. So the boys all go deeper into the forest and live their lives completely away from everyone else because they don't want to see anybody and the next girl they'll see, they kill, they'll kill her. And then the princess is raised for 12 years, just knowing her father really loves her, but there's something off and knowing that her mother really loves her, but there's oh, she's always really sad. And then she finds the room with the coffins, and her mother tells her what happened, and so she packs up what she can carry and is like, I'm gonna go find my brothers and live with them because you love me with sadness and dad loves me with selfishness, and I want to be with people that are just gonna love me. So she goes and she finds them, and she meets the youngest brother first, and he manages to convince the others that, no, no, we should not kill our sister. Even though she caused us all this suffering, it wasn't her fault, really. And so they tease her, but they accept her, and she's part of their family. So the seven of them are together. And then one day she picks these six white lilies that were growing in the garden in order to make the house more cheerful. And it turns out that they were protection that was like all of the protection their mother was able to provide to protect her sons. And so her sons are immediately turned into six swans. Right. And the sister can get them back and help them transform, but she has to suffer as they've suffered for her. Mm -hmm. And so for seven years, mm -hmm. she has to be completely silent for seven years. And while she has to be silent, she also has to pick nettles and grind them with her feet <laughs> sorry the cat just got like stuck in the couch <laughs> there's a lot of cushions so the cat just kind of dropped and got stuck so we got distracted um 
Anyway, so she has to grind these nettles um, with her feet without crying out, without making a sound. Right. And then weave them into six shirts, one for each of her brothers. Mm-hmm. And about two years in, she hears a hunting party, so she grabs all of her stuff and she climbs a tree and is trying to stay silent and hidden until they leave, but one of the men sees her, and she's gorgeous, mm-hmm. and he's a king or a prince or whatever, and knows she must be a king's daughter because she's gorgeous. <laughs> and so he's like, what are you doing out here on your own? You should come back to my palace with me. Well, you're not saying no, so I'm going to take that as a yes. Right. Yeah. Let's go. Yep. Let's go. <laughs> Alright, right, I want to marry you, you're gorgeous, you're beautiful, you're not saying no, so I'm going to take that as a yes. And they go through like the ceremony, and she's like, the queen-ish. She's just like silent the whole time. Silent the whole time, and the prince keeps assuming, well, you're not saying no. Yeah. Um, and so, in the meantime, and so he like originally sets up a worker for her because it's the only thing that seems to make her happy. Right. But yeah. then he's like, no, you're damaging yourself, like your pretty hands, and those belong to me now because <laughs> you're mine. Um, so then she has to start working with gloves on so that he doesn't find out, even though it's harder. And at the end of the seven years, they end up like, or she causes herself, she actually successfully causes herself to miscarry because. She doesn't want him at all. Right. She doesn't want his kids. She doesn't want that kind of pain. She doesn't want... She's like, I'm suffering enough right now. I do not want to deal with that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he figures out that she's damaging herself and what belongs to him, he pitches a fit and, like, basically calls her a witch or something and is going to have her burned. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that the burning is, like, on the day that she can now speak again. Right. And so as she's being taken to be burned, she's got her, the shirt she's been working on, she has five of them done. The sixth one is just missing a sleeve. And he sees her with the shirts and is all like, no, that's her witchcraft taken away. But as the guards try to take it away, she's surrounded by these six swans. Mm -hmm. And so she throws a shirt onto each of them and they turn back into her brothers. Right. All except for the youngest, who is completely transformed except for one of his arms where the sleeve wasn't complete, which is still a wing. Mm-hmm. And her brothers are all like, you know what, we've been hanging around this whole time. <laughs> You've been messing with our sister all of this time. And they're like, you know what, here's what we're going to do. I'm getting tired of his whining. You know, he's struggling. I'm going to pitch him into the fire. Yeah. Sister, if you don't want us to do that, say, say something, something. <laughs> and we won't. And she just smiles and yeah. remains quiet. Mm-hmm. And the word, if you wish to spare him, say nothing, and I shall consign him to the flames, and wish him the very best of luck with them. She looked <laughs> at her brother and was startled into smiling. She smiled up at all her brothers then, and she smiled at her husband too. She said nothing. The flames grew very hot and very high. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I love that because, again, it's so timely for mm-hmm. what's going on right now, and the idea that just because someone isn't saying anything does not mean the answer to your question is yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And the fact that she gets, like, this is, I think this is one of the only ones where, like, the ending was fully, like, made sense, and I felt like she got retribution for a wrongdoing. That it wasn't yes. just a misunderstanding or a cultural difference or anything right. like that. It was, there was clearly defined wrongdoing and a clearly defined you know, justice for it, mm-hmm. where there is no way that this guy was in any way in the right. Right. 
and her brothers were totally like, you know what, she, we suffered for her because our dad was an asshole. She suffered for us to turn us back into humans. Mm-hmm. You took advantage of her because she couldn't speak because she was protecting us. Mm-hmm. And we're going to protect her. She's our sister. Mm-hmm. So I loved that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is a good one. I know. It was like, so good. It was, yeah. That was definitely one of my favorites. It's one of the strongest ones. Yes. yes. Definitely. And it's also one of the, like, there were other ones that I liked, but I got so confused. But we'll talk about those in a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So, Jace? <sighs> I don't, uh, it's so hard to, like, pick a favorite. Because <laughs> I, I just, like, appreciated. Yeah. I just appreciated, like, all of them. Even the ones I like just was like way over my what head. Happens. Yeah. <laughs> um. Hmm. Let's see. I know, like when when I would like bring it up to you, you you actually talked about the Sitoli's Coven huh? a bit. Yeah. I. Yeah, I just love the way it was like written, and yeah, yeah I just kind of it was kind I of a clear like, ending. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. One thing I think that not all, but authors struggle with is an ending like Dan Brown for example not to like crap on Dan Brown but uh, <laughs> I love his books mm-hmm. he cannot write an ending to save his life mm-hmm. like all the um, oh, I'm totally blanking on his on his name who is like the protagonist Robert Langdon uh huh um, I just don't like the ending oh. to me the the end the ending of like the Robert Langdon series uh, I'm just like really. Whereas with this, I think she she's able to like pack the punch um, to the very last sentence. On this one. On this some one. of the other ones were. Yes. Some of them were less clear cut. Some of them were more confusing. Well, some the of them just didn't mermaid. have. I love that. I if I had to like pick a favorite, it would probably be that one. Just because it was just like yeah, it just packed a punch. It was just like boom, just a straight hit to the gut. Like once you hit hit the ending. Um, yeah, if I had to pick it, that would be, like, my first choice. Um, The Little Mermaid Mermaid retelling. Which is called... The Daughter Sells. The Daughter Sells, yeah. So, yeah, you know, the the main character, does she have a name? I don't think so. I don't think think she did, right? No. I don't think a lot of, well, no, some of them do. Um, anyway, so yeah, she's, you know, the aerial version in the story, and, um, she wants to now i like feel like i'm struggling to remember the story she like wants to go up on land and it's the whole she can't speak her voice you know she gets turned to a human but she can't um she can't use her voice but it's not i kind of liked the there wasn't really a villain in terms of like the sea witch the ursula character um it was just sort of this like faceless it was i i read it as being a lot of like the whole story was like kind of understanding other cultures and being like that's you know that's the way it yeah. is everybody has their place in society mm-hmm. everybody has the thing that they're doing yeah even if you turn don't... her into the evil yeah. evil one mm-hmm. and uh so yeah you know she she did save the prince on what his birthday night i think yeah. right mm-hmm. um she saved him but like he didn't really remember her when she actually became a human and she, again, she can't speak, so it's like she kind of likes him. He thinks he she thinks he kind of likes her, but then he ends up taking a ride from somewhere else. Um, oh gosh, 
there was a line where she was like, why did he pick her? Uh, you know, like the proximity line. I can't. Yeah, why would you go with somebody, you know, without what? Like proximity than the versus person. specificity or something like that. Yeah. And I really, in like, I really like that. I should have bookmarked it. I have a crap set of post-its in my book. Um, and so she's kind of like, okay, well, you know, he's in love with this chick, fine. And um, in the end, it's like, she has to have the blood of the prince to get her form back and yes. to not have the human legs anymore. And she's kind of like, they love me, I love them, and then she slits their throats in the night. Uh, and... <laughs> Which gets the blood, and then she, you know, she's like, oh, that's, oh, that's lovely. I just, like, loved when she is, like, transforming back. And um, it, she joins her sisters again in the water, and it's just like, now I have their souls, and it's like, we are, like, one Yeah, because that's what she was really, I mean, she mm-hmm. was kind of, she mentions being in love with the prince a couple of times, mm-hmm. but really she was like, well, I'm a soul. Yes. I don't have... We right. don't have souls. Well, yes. Well, what I need for, to get a soul, to have mm-hmm. a soul. And so that's what she was really... It's like, well, if he gave up... What does the witch say? If he gives up his, his human father and mother, and he gives up his land, and gives everything... Like, basically gives his thoughts and himself to you, then you'll have half of his soul. Then you'll right. have him and have half his soul. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm going to just go ahead and read, like, the last little part, because it's... Mm. Yeah. I'm coming, sister, she said and I felt three voices humming all at once in her throat. Her own, the prince's, and the prince's bride. Her prince now, and her bride too. And she had two souls inside her, and they both belonged to her. And she smiled, and she slipped back into the sea. <laughs> yes. Which, I have to say, Jade, just because some of your comments just now, how familiar are you with the original, original. version? I know that she sacrifices herself so, yeah, for the prince. In the original version... She becomes Seafoam, right? Yeah. Yes. yes. In the original one, the witch does... Like, she gets the same thing, where her sisters come to her and say, the witch said right. there's a way to get your... You have to have mm-hmm. the blood of the prince. Yes. And in the original version, she chooses not to, and it's that self-sacrificing that mm-hmm. makes her eternal. Yeah. And the Seafoam of the sea. Well, if... if you remember most so most of these fairy tales were written oh i do not know the actual time frame like 1600s um but they were written for children and they were supposed to be like moralistic stories if you do bad there are consequences Mm -hmm. if you do good if you do good there are rewards um whereas so (laughs) um because like you said these are very at the time that's not necessarily the case. <laughs> and it's more, um, I mean, the way I read the whole book is, yes, those original stories were written at a very, you know, you do good, but it was also written from the moral standpoint of that time period, which was yes. women are inferior to men, yes. women need to be virtuous, women need to be this, and a lot of them were women as mm-hmm. main characters. They were stories for girls, for mm-hmm. little girls. Um... And so I, I feel like this was actually a very similar standpoint, but just updating the moralistic view to mm-hmm. a more reasonable. I mean, the Little Mermaid, when the daughter sells, had a very, I mean, it was very economic. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of it was very, like, this was the division of labor under the right. sea. She wanted, like, <laughs> originally she wanted to go to the surface. It had nothing to do with 
the prince or anything. Right. She wanted to go and figure out, like, well, how do they divide land? What do they do with their mm-hmm. economic set? Like, how do they exchange goods? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it was like, she's just a very forward-thinking, like, not forward-thinking for her time, but just very, I mean, so, like, the whole book, a lot of the stories, like, I was reading them, and some of them, which I, I think Sarah's going to bring up the one I'm thinking of, that are just, like, dark and creepy and don't really have that necessarily. Yeah. But a lot of the ones that I think were based on like the grim stories and everything have like kind of an updated moralistic view. Like the the six um boy coffins had that view of mm-hmm. no means no, but even if you don't say no, if you're not saying yes just because you're not saying anything doesn't mean yes. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of updating that view. Mm-hmm. I'm done. You can talk now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not necessarily going to talk about my favorite, but I really need to get this off, off my chest because I just want to talk about it. Can, can we talk about Beauty and the Beast? <laughs> <laughs> Which is the Mary Spinster. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily my favorite, but as I have told you guys, um, that is a story that is like near and dear to my heart. Um, and I don't want to say I was disappointed, but I was just like, it wasn't a letdown. I just wasn't really into the way the story, like, for moment one, I just, like, because, so for moment one, Beauty is indifferent. She, she just really doesn't give a shit about About anything. Uh, She reads. um, That's all she does, ever. So, like, for moment one. She does start cleaning. She does clean. So for moment one, I'm just like, What? What is this nonsense? Mm-hmm. And then the way it ends, I'm just... Really and see, I read a, in this tour article, um, this tour review, um, the person wrote, blah, 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 some of the best and wittiest dialogue is in this story. But more than that, it has something new to say about being alone in a story that is more often treated as a romance. And I was like... Oh, okay, that totally changes. It changes it. <laughs> yeah. I know. I read this article, and I was just like... Huh. Okay, I could like I I want to like reread that story again now just to kind of that totally like, changes my feelings about right that because story. yeah at first I thought she was just kind of like yeah so this indifferent just like no emotion just like mm-hmm. okay you know things happen and it's just like whatever I'm just gonna keep going <laughs> no big deal holy crap I'm gonna end up like beauty <laughs> 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 I will. I have no problem, like, being alone. Like, go, going off of, like, what the article is saying. Mm-hmm. I'm very introverted, and I think this is a very... This, that's a very typical trait of people who become librarians. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I have... I feel like I talk about this a lot with people, but I tend to be friends with people who are extroverted rather than introverted, so they really have no understanding that, like... I can go to a movie alone, or I can sit at home for five days in quiet, and I'm perfectly content with that. I don't mm-hmm. care. I don't, like, when I go home after the workday, I'm exhausted. I need to recharge. Yeah. I don't want to talk to people. Mm-hmm. So, like, now that you're saying that. I know, right? It takes it. totally a- changes the story for me. Uh-huh. Interesting. It gives it, a, like, you just can look at it with different eyes. After I read that, I was just oh, like. Oh, yeah, I like it a lot more. Okay. Yeah, I feel like I appreciate it a little bit more. Should after. we explain what was different between this version and the romance version? Yes. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, because I started this by saying I was very unhappy with it. And um, then you were like, beauty is indifferent. 
And then we don't really get any more of that because Jade went off on her review tangent. You know. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it totally changes how I look at the story. Um, but yeah, she just kind of just doesn't care about kind of anything that's going on in the story. Um, the whole cleaning aspects. They're not really getting along with the sisters. Um, I mean, it follows the story. Go ahead. Okay, so kind of off still about the story but kind of off track that was actually one of the things that i've really enjoyed about the book is that she played he played with the gender norms yes and absolutely. with the names yes and actually did you notice we know that beauty has two siblings mm-hmm. a brother named sylvia yes mm-hmm. but then the yes. other one i don't think was ever given a gender they just um, said the other child and then gave the name okay like and throughout the rest of the story Wait, so you're saying there's three siblings, or there's still just two siblings? Three there's total. two siblings. There's yeah. three total. Yes. Mm-hmm. But we never get a gender for Catherine. Oh, really? I guess I wasn't really? really paying attention yeah. to that part. They mention, I, yeah, they mention that plays. Sylvia is the brother. Mm-hmm. Right. Beauty has a younger brother named Sylvia. And then they say something about Catherine, but they don't ever, I, they don't give Catherine the gender. Oh, okay. I guess, I guess I wasn't really paying attention to that. Yeah, I thought they had said sister, but maybe not. And I have to say, like, kind of talking about that and some of the other stories, that totally like was like played with your mind. mind. Yeah, yeah like, because like it, you're saying daughter, but you're clearly saying um, like sons. Yeah, uh, sons or whatever. Or um, boys. She, yeah. Yeah. Or with um, you know what's typically been uh, a girl's name. What you're saying is applied to a boy, and a boy's name applied to a girl. I couldn't stick to the story because (laughs) you're so confused. About half, yeah, about halfway through the book, I got used to it Mm -hmm. and was able to ignore it a little bit more. But in the like the first couple of stories, it really distracted me. To say though, like how um, ingrained, ingrained that gender is into our our culture, Mm -hmm. because yeah, it was it was a problem. Um, in the beginning, because it was totally sidetracking me from staying with the story. Yeah. Which we can discuss a little more, because there's one story in particular that I want to talk about that sort of thing with, but... Oh, okay. Um, anyway, so typical setup where, she, you know, the mom, well, the mom, the mom. not the dad, mm-hmm. um, there is no dad in the story. No, no it's He's mom. gone. Whatever. Mm-hmm. He's just not in the picture. mom who just so wanted kids. Maurice like, okay. doesn't exist yes. in this, um, and winds up at this castle. Castle, right? It was a castle. castle. It's just a large home. Just yeah, a large house, yes. And it was then, upstate New York, so. <laughs> you know, gets stranded. The car got stranded. Yes. The car ran out of I was gas. like, there's a car. And um, That's the other thing in all of these stories. There's mm-hmm. Some of them are completely modern, and you can figure that out. Some yeah. of them are in the past. Some of them are this weird past-future dystopian, what the <laughs> hell is happening right now? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then she tries to take some roses, and of course the beast appears and is like, "No, you're gonna stay here forever." And no, I'm gonna shoot you. Right. Right. He yes. didn't want her to stay here. That's He's right. like, "I'm gonna shoot you, or you're gonna send Beauty here." And then he mentioned the car. Like he'd been watching. He this. knew. Or yes. Something. It was like so creepy. creepy. <laughs> yes. That yes. Totally weird oh yeah. Mm-hmm. He and then like, like the fact that she walks in, it's like Beauty's library, Beauty's room. It's like. Holy crap, how long have yeah. you been watching this family? For right. reals. So, yeah. Well, and they're uh, in their relationship, too. But again, like, you were talking about that article that it's not really this. This um, rendition is not really 
manipulated romance. Yeah, it's like you I have was, to take the romance factor out of it. Which I was like, ugh, like, <laughs> it happened. Just love him. <laughs> which never happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he keeps... He, she agreed to come stay with him. And that was actually one of the things that I love. Is like She's like, well, you didn't ask me to marry you. You should have put that in the contract when right. you had yeah. to come. I know, right? <laughs> oh, like, yeah. The other thing that, I guess, I don't want to say it broke me the wrong way, but the fact that you know they got married, but still nothing was hers. The library, the books weren't hers. Yes, the thing they is... They didn't get married. She kept saying no. That's right, okay. But she was still, the mistress of the house. The, yeah, okay, okay, yes, right. Yeah, the um, library is yours, the books are mine, your eyes are your own, what you read is up to me. And I was just like, yeah. no! Oh my god. <laughs> and then, like, the thing with the chairs, the chairs are for my wife. If you're not my wife, then what right do you have to sit in a chair? That's yes. right. Okay. And he's, like, pleasant. He describes him as pleasant through all of this. And he's, like, not... But... I I don't necessarily adhere to it because I also grew up with the Disney version of Beauty and the Beast and I loved that story and I love even the original and mm-hmm. the other retellings of it. But there are some people that look at that story and they're like, this girl is suffering from Stockholm Syndrome. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think this kind of plays more into, well, if that were the case and then if she didn't, yes, mm-hmm. this is what, and she never, neither of them ever get violent. He just decides, well, I love you so much that I'm not going to, I can't live without you. And she just, like, hides under the bed. It's like, I'm not going to yeah. say anything because I don't want to marry you. And so you can die of your grief. <laughs> That's up to you. That's on you, dude. I feel no guilt. <laughs> yeah, so in the end, when when he is dead, when kicks dies, the bucket, she, she doesn't really care. Um, but let's see. Let's see if I can find the... I guess you're right though, Gina. They didn't, uh, while you're looking, Sarah, they didn't say that Catherine was the sister. I just assumed. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, the whole gender, the non-gender, the gender, you The know. gender throughout all of it is so fluid. Yeah, yes. it's fantastic. Okay, yeah. So, so in the end, Beauty went into the back parlor and telephoned her mother. Something's wrong with Mr. Beale, Mama. Then a bit louder, I think something's wrong with Mr. Beale. You better come right away. Then Beauty went to the library and sat down. She did not touch the books, for they still did not belong to her. No matter how dead Mr. Beale may have been, she had never been his wife. She began to write Sylvia a postcard. The line where she where it says she did not touch the books, for they still did not belong to her. Just like it stuck with me. Like that was like the one that's not even the full sentence. But that that just really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. I wanted her to have the book, so bad. <laughs> well, we don't know maybe. yet. We don't know yeah. yet. This is immediately afterwards. She's just completely obeying the rules still, and maybe it's in his will that she gets the book. And it may even be that it's in his will she gets the books as long as she hasn't touched them. Which <laughs> would be the moral if it were like a more grim that she'd be like, oh, he's dead. I go touch everything, and then it's like, nope, you get nothing. But if you be like, if you just go and completely obey the contract until you know that things have changed. You obey what the rules were. You obey the law until you know that things have changed. Then mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. get everything. Mm-hmm. Or maybe she just has somebody else clear everything out, and now her family has a new and bigger home because <laughs> the home was hers. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, so that wasn't necessarily my favorite, but I really needed to talk about it because because of my feelings for for Beauty and the Beast. Um, but your favorite? My favorite is actually. It's between three. 
The Velveteen Rabbit, which I know. Yep. Probably so so good. Cody, you were going to bring that one up. That's, That's so good. That's the Dr. Creepy one. Ed, yeah. Like, I loved it. Um, there's probably, like, I tired of me talking about it, but <laughs> I, so, I mean, I read The Velveteen Rabbit when I was little, but it's been such a long time. It's been years. I didn't know how, like, close it was, how close the retelling was to the original. It's, like, exactly it the same, yeah. except the creepy version. Okay. <laughs> so, in the original Velveteen Rabbit... For those, like, I saw the movie, like, the animated movie. I didn't realize it was a movie. I don't remember Oh, yeah, that's from, like, the 90s or the 80s, even. But, um, basically, a kid gets a toy, a velveteen rabbit, Mm -hmm. which is not the most expensive thing. It's a Christmas one. Yeah, it's it's in the stocking. It's not even one of the gifts. It's in the stocking. Right. And he gets a bunch of other stuff that's wind up and makes noise. He opens it. He loves it so much. But it's, like, like, five seconds. It's one of the first things he opens, so he has all these other presents to open, so he quickly, like, gets over it to move on to the next bigger, cooler, yeah. more mechanical type of toy. Yeah, it's the best thing in the stocking, but it's not the gifts, it's mm-hmm. the stocking. And so it kind of gets relegated and tossed into the back of the closet, and all of the other toys make fun of it, and blah, blah, blah. And then one day the t- kid's going to sleep, but he doesn't have this stuffed animal he normally sleeps with. And the maid is like, the nanny's like, I, I don't have time to deal with your shit. And just goes and grabs the stuff. He's like, oh, look, a bunny. And gives it to him to sleep with. And he ends up just completely loving the rabbit. Well, you're forgetting the, ho- the conversation between the rabbit and the horse, the wise horse. Because the horse is the one who is telling him... Um, like what real is because the bunny's not really understanding like the the idea of what real is yeah because he's filled with all this stuffy um and so the horse is telling him um you become you become more real the more you're loved yes and that that does happen in the original as well as yes in this one and then in the original what happens is the kid just keeps loving the rabbit and mm-hmm. goes on a bunch of adventures and the rabbit eventually meets real actual real rabbits and they're right. like you have no hind legs you can't move um, and then the kid ends up getting scarlet fever and gets really sick and then he does get better and, but like all of his toys, everything he's touched has to be burned because right. disinfectant isn't a thing. Mm-hmm. And even now I think they probably just burn a lot of the stuff really. Um, and his parents are just like, get him a new bunny. And then when the bunny is going to get like in the bag, get burned, like the fairy, mm-hmm. the nursery fairy or something comes. And it's like, the kid loved you so much that you are made real. Mm-hmm. And he becomes a real rabbit, and he goes off into the forest, but he still comes back occasionally to check on the boy, and he sees the boy is, you know, growing and happy, and the boy is, like, missing his rabbit, but then he sees his rabbit that kind of looks like his rabbit, and he kind of wonders, but is also, like, a seven-year-old boy, so gets distracted fairly <laughs> easily, the end, happily ever after. Mm-hmm. This, this is not that. Is <laughs> it's so messed up. It's... So messed. And terrifying. Yes. Like, do not read this to your children. Ever. So it will make you not want to have toys. Yeah. No, and I, mean. I have stuffed animals that sleep above my bed. So I've been like, okay. <laughs> so, okay, I guess it's just a thing. I'm going to read, like, the last paragraph of the story. <laughs> sure. But I'm going to read the last two because that's where you get, you get what the happened. part. Yeah. So the kid's so, been getting sick. Yeah. So while the boy, like, clenched fists in the dirt, dreaming... Dreaming of whatever it is that not real things do, the little rabbit lay among the old nursery clutter in the far corner of the garden. He wriggled his head this way, and he wriggled his head that way. And bit by bit, he was able to get his head through the opening and look out. Everything around him was going to be burned. All the boats and tin soldiers, 
all the little wheeled dogs on drawstrings, and the rabbit only wished he could say, stay to see it. But there were slick new pink muscles curling under his skin and lungs unfolding at the end of his throat. He had a forest to, a forest to visit and two particular rabbits to see. He shook out his left leg, and that was real. He shook out his right leg, and that was real too. He felt his warm heart beating ins inside his chest as strong and as fast as boys. By the way, the part that doesn't, if you weren't reading it, you might not have gotten, is the fact that the boy is like dead. Yeah. And also about to be buried. He's yeah. buried, he's not burned. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's basically like the rabbit is taking his. Like, the boy gets, like, throughout the story, the boy gets sicker right. as the rabbit becomes more real. Mm -hmm. real. So he's, like... It's taking his soul, taking basically. Yeah. Soul, yeah. So, so creepy. Creepy. she describes it is just, like, oh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? It's so good. So twisted. It is. So, yeah, like I said, um, there was kind of a tie between uh, three stories, the rabbit. Um, strangely, they're all children's stories. <laughs> That's not strange for you, sweetie. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, after reading these, I was just, like, it just made me fall in love with these stories, or, like, these little kid, little, little kid stories. So the other one is, um, what's it called in here? Our Friend Mr. Toad. Oh, my God. That one was so messed up. Oh, messed up. So messed up. But good. But, yeah, I, I don't know the... The Wind in the Willows. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I've not read it. At all. It's been a while since I've read it. So the story in uh, the Mary Spencer is some of us, some of us had been threatening our friend Mr. Toad, which is two stories. It is based on the Wind in the Willows, obviously. Um, Mr. So, Toad's Wild Ride. Right. And then the other story, which I am not at all familiar. I've never with, heard of it. Is um, some of us have been threatening our friend Colby, which. I intended to read, so I understood a little bit more, uh, but I never did. I think it's an adult book. Yeah. Well, Wasn't it right? I think that one's an adult book. Oh, okay. I googled it briefly just to see. I didn't. I forgot to check if we had it in the system. But, um... So, like, yeah, the story... The original story of Mr. Toad is... He has, like, an obsessive personality. Um, and, and he's absolutely, like, batty insane. Um, and he goes through these obsessions with, um... Like, cars and, um... What was the motor? Um, it wasn't exactly a car. But basically, he, in the original stories, he like goes to prison, and then he has to escape, and he escapes, and then he has to take his house back. Seriously? Yes. In the original story? Yes. Oh my gosh. Uh -huh. Oh yeah, that ride <laughs> is crazy. I am super interested right now. So, like, so in the original story, he, I forget. Like, he but crashes, he steals cars. Yeah, he steals cars and he crashes them. And so he, like, they're the police. Mm -hmm. And it's not that he's like impoverished or anything. He mm -hmm. could totally afford to like right. buy cars. Huh. He just doesn't. He, yeah, he's just totally <laughs> like blowing through money, right? Yeah. So. Um, it's supposed to be like Edwardian uh, England in which these stories take place. So, yeah. So he ends up going to prison. He has to break out of prison. And then his friends tell him, there are people living in your house. So you need to like get it back. Um, so in this story, that's kind of what they're referring to. When yeah. they're saying, you need to get your house back. Mm. Um, so in this story. <laughs> He's also like an alcoholic. Yeah. 
he's just all around like debauchery. Suit, huh? It's it's the debauch period. I mean, the original story yes. was about the debauchery of the upper classes and how they right. don't really face consequences and what right. they have to and like exactly being better than that. Right. Um, what did you guys think of, this, of the story? I. I, I think that in the subtext in the background, he was raped by at least two of those other animals at some point. <laughs> Something. <laughs> like, rat! He's like, he'll be in his motor clothes and next will be What was it? What was the word he kept repeating? It started with a B. What was it? And they have a weird relationship in, like, the original stories. Right? Okay, because, yeah, their relationship with Mole and Rat was just, like... Violent. I think it was Rat. Violent. He's like, um, where is I think it? It was Rat who, in the, the original stories, that helped him like escape. Okay. It's okay. Uh, he may be arraying himself in those disgusting motoring clothes, which transform him from a comparatively bearable-looking toad into an capital object that throws any decent-minded person who comes across it into a violent fit. And then Rat keeps going, a most violent fit, violent, violent. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, dude, got raped by at least Rat. <laughs> Yeah. Straight up weird. I mean, I felt like he was an alcoholic, but at the same time, I felt like they were giving him things. I felt yeah, like they were making like him crazy. Him, yes, implanting uh-huh. ideas. And yeah. he's like, no, I, I didn't know that anybody was. No, you knew people were living mm-hmm. in Toad Hall. You promised you'd go and get your home back. And he's like, I didn't know until you just you just told me. You were just talking about how I didn't. No, you did know. You are you going to keep your promise? Mm-hmm. And it's like all of this subtle manipulation and like yes. even at the beginning where they first go and he sees them mm-hmm. and he's like, I was, I'm, I'm gonna go lay down now. I'm just, I'm tired. Yeah. Like he doesn't want. He knows. <laughs> it's about to get weird, and he doesn't want any. They part made of it. me feel crazy. Like yeah, <laughs> but and the thing with the hole where he like wants to go down the hole and investigate, they're like, no, no, come back up. Well, no, now you have to go get the basket out because you ate all of our picnic. And he's like, I didn't eat anything. Yeah. They're like, no, you, you ate did. all the food. Yeah, and oh my god, it was so <laughs> twist. I just felt messed up. Yeah, I was just like, what is happening? <laughs> now I want to read the the wind the will the wind in the willows. Ew. There's a dead bug in my book. <laughs> That's disgusting. Um, I want to go and read nice it. conversation. And then watch the the Disney animated version. Because mm. I think it's like a short. Um, the Disney... Was it a short? I Like the ride... I've been on the ride. And the ride is pretty crazy. Oh, yeah, it is. And I'm like... I, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Yeah, honestly, I don't remember this ride right now. And then, like... I'm sorry. There's a... There's a YouTube channel that my roommates and I will watch that just goes over rides and everything and apparently the one at Disney World had like two different tracks that you could go on that had slightly different storylines. Oh, funny. Yeah, so. I really want to read the Some of Us Have Been Threatening Our Friend Colby. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, what is that? Yes, I I, I, after reading this short story that goes, that takes some of its inspiration for that, what I really want is also for Jade to read that and tell me what happened. (laughs) (laughs) I do not want to read it, but I kind of curious. Sounds twisted. Right? I feel like it's gonna make me lose my mind. So then the third one was the I believe it's the very last one. Um, good friends good fences make good neighbors. Yes. The other psychological manipulation. For real. Thriller. So that one is uh, based on Froggy Toner Friends by Arnold Global. One of my favorites. Um, yeah, one of my favorites. <laughs> my mom read that all the time is like bedtime so stories. And then The Fisherman and His Wife, which I kind of read um, a little bit about that. 
I know about that. I know more about the um, Chinese version of that story. Oh, okay. Which I cannot remember the title of, but also had a very similar, like, mm -hmm. old wise man, like, good man walking home. Yeah, it's, religion is actually brought up into when I was reading um, uh, the, the fisherman and his wife. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. That's a moralistic tale that yeah, comes from several different cultures. Uh, in the Christian view, man has been created according to the image and likeness of God. Okay, wait, no. Um, <laughs> but nope, she, basically act, she basically act, asks... Because she wants to command like the sun and the moon, she wants to be equal. The wife wants to be one of the wishes she wants is she wants to be equal to God, um, which I thought was really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, what do you guys think of that story? So, uh, so in this book, because Jade and I were kind of talking about it earlier, is so sort of trying to figure out like the frog and toad. I knew immediately that. The frog, that toad, was the wife. Yes, at least that's how we were taking it. Mm -hmm. Because toad is like the more inconsiderate. I don't want to say jerk, but just the more selfish of the, the two. The more selfish I of guess. the two, where it's frog is always like, okay, yeah, I'm mm -hmm. sorry, I'll do this for you, kind of thing. So frog is like the fisherman, and toad is is the wife. What what did you guys think of that story? I'm gonna right now. Um, <laughs> uh, it was messed up. <laughs> Not just because of I mean the whole mental manipulation going on by the not fisherman toad or the wife. Yeah, the the Toe wife. I mean, because it never they never assign a title or a name to. It does just say the friend. The friend. Oh, the friend. Right. The friend. Okay. Sorry, not wife. Yes. Um, I'm trying to tell the original. Yeah. The I original. was like, I was reading that whole thing as it being two guys. Yes. I'm Again, I don't think it ever goes into gender, but does it say he or does it just always refer to them as I the person just as the friend? friend. Mm -hmm. I think just the friend. Um, yeah. Which, given the context of the rest of the book, the fisherman could be a chick and it could just both be chicks. True. <laughs> totally. Um, I like the whole part where he's like banging his head. <laughs> Yeah, except for that was, again, that was the whole mental manipulation of the fisherman. Like, the friend is just always like, I made you tea. Well, I didn't ask for tea. But you're always like, why won't you let people, this is why people don't want to help mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. And it's like, always like, I did this because you, like, I did this for you and da 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 da. Oh, you want a story now? Well, I'm about to start a party. I don't really have time to come up with a story. All right, well, fine. I will come up with a story. I'm going to go out on the porch, even though it's really cold outside, and pace back and forth because, you know, I can't do this in front of a fire. <laughs> and she'll, like, come up with a story and, like, bang his head against the wall because he can't mm -hmm. think of a story. And, like, just the whole mental manipulation the whole time. This is what I wrote because <laughs> I have a crowd set of post-its in here, but I just wrote, like, my initial just, like, thought <laughs> after reading the book, after reading the, the story. I wrote, the friend is an ass. Fisherman <laughs> needs a backbone and should make decisions. Killing the fish was like setting getting his anger out on his friend oh and he God. killed the fish because he didn't want to hear the truth. Right. That's, 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 that, was like, that was like the messed up part. The flounder <laughs> that he catches is this magical flounder who's like the son of somebody yeah, else. Basically guts and it's like, damn. And it goes into yeah. all of it. It goes yeah. into the yeah. detail. And I was it's like, like, oh my God. Just drop him back into the water. Uh -huh. The guts. Because you don't yeah, keep the guts. Right. 
even fishing, you don't. So yeah, the fish is like I can I can I do can things for you if you don't kill me, right? And you know, take me home for dinner. Um, and then the fisherman keeps going. Well, I don't know what to ask for, and then you're home. Decision. And he's like, he can't think of it because he doesn't want anything. And right. the friend he's is like, well, content with his life. Yeah, the friend's like, exactly. why did you ask for this? Why didn't you ask for a bigger house? Mm-hmm. And then I start, so he goes mm-hmm. back that's, and he asks for the house. That's the whole point. Yeah. Is money or things cannot buy happiness. So you ask more thinking it's going to buy you happiness when the fisherman who has nothing is perfectly fine with that. Yeah, and he was fine with his friends. He was fine mm-hmm. with his company. And then the, like, the third time he goes to the fish for... I can't even remember what the friend wanted at that point. Better friends. Better friends, yeah. Was it that or was it after that? Did he ask for a third thing? He asked for the house. He asked for the friends and they were getting the... No, he didn't ask for food. What was was the thing for the friends? He asked for the better house. The friend wanted the better house and then he was like, we need... You're, the friends you've brought here before aren't good enough for this house. We need better companions. And so the fisherman goes back. But I can't remember if he was just asking at that point or if there was a third thing that he no, went I back think for. There, I, think, I think there was something else. A third thing. And then the fish was like, the flounder was like, this isn't, this isn't really what I had in mind. And it sounds like this isn't, you know, he's using you or he's not really your friend. And so the guy just like grabs the fish and like guts it and yeah, takes that it. Yeah, part was and, like kind of visceral. Yeah, I was like, whoa. <laughs> and there's like no lead up to it at all. You're just like, oh, okay. Okay, it was. Okay. It was three things. So it was better house, better friends, and then it was like, the friend was like, you don't like living with me. Ask for another oh, house. Oh, another house. Huh? That's right. Yes. Why do you hate me? Blah, blah, blah. Because the friend wanted Shut the up. nice house. Like, because the friend didn't actually care about the fisherman. Mm-hmm. That's funny because like, so in our family, my dad and I, like, we're the really nice ones. We take everything. Take it, take it, take it. But then when we go off, we freaking blow up. <laughs> like, not to get, like, super personal, but, like, there was an incident where I'm chill for a long time, but then when everything goes up, it's like me. It's like the fish. I'm just going to go. I am going to go ballistic. Like, my dad was close to calling the cops on me because I was going so hard on my not physically but like verbally i was like attacking my sister um so like <laughs> reading this i was like holy shit that's me i'm gonna get a fish <laughs> oh gosh that's how i would react and my dad is very much the same way he can go for a long period of time and then all of a sudden boom i'm gonna do something <laughs> super crazy i've had enough to tell you i've, ha- I've had enough with your crap mm-hmm. <laughs> That's kind of, that's how personal it got with me mm. and uh, throughout all these stories. So those three were kind of my favorite. Mm-hmm. Good fences make good neighbors. Um, good fences, some of this have been threatening our friend, Mr. Toad and the rabbit. Mm-hmm. I, okay, so just to bring it up, the third story, Fear Not, an incident log. Well, way over my head. But I also don't know, not to anybody, I don't know any of the, like, religious, the Bible stories. I know nothing. I've never even looked at it. I just have no idea what those stories are. So, like, from the very first sentence, I was like, oh, this is the beginning of time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that one, I was just like, I don't I mean, understand. it did, I mean, it, it, it kind of did go over my head, but I knew a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, 
of like who they were talking about in the stories just because I went to Catholic school until <laughs> high school and then I went back to Catholic school for college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just like, mm, don't know, don't really get it. <laughs> like, Gina, right. Did you have any feelings towards the Instant not really. Like, I recognized it, mm-hmm. not specifically for what it was, but I did recognize it for what it was. Um, like, I think my favorite thing about it was the idea that the angels take turns being the devil. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, we all take our turn, and you know, you do what you gotta do, and then when you're back, nobody holds it against you, because you did what you had to do, and you, mm-hmm. you know, that's just the way it is. I didn't actually kill people, it just kind of happened, you could check my log. <laughs> right? Right. Oh yeah, with the whole, I appear before them in all of my angelic glory, and they just kind of drop dead, because mm-hmm. they're not used to that, and it's like, oh, I didn't me too. It's not like it did it on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And like his surprise, the one person that like doesn't, he's like, oh, oh, you're still alive. Crap, what was I, what was I supposed to be doing? <laughs> like, that's hilarious. Um, you know one, I just, not that I like hated it, but I was just like, eh. but now that I'm looking at the sources, there are one, two, three, four, five, six. The Thankless Child. Thankless Child? Yeah. That was confusing as hell. Yeah. I got, I got Cinderella, I got King Lear, nothing else. Oh, I got Cinderella. Which is the one, okay, <laughs> going into the gender stuff, mm-hmm. which I mentioned earlier when we were talking about, this is the one that I wanted to talk about that a little more in, because first of all, Cinderella is Paul, mm-hmm. she is still a girl, Yes. which I love, but the way that, first of all, this is one of the, this is the one that really stuck out as the really weird dystopian future, okay, because it's yeah. like all old-fashioned all the time and then we bring up the power generator mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. like wait what the hell mm-hmm. and yes. then like the fairy god like the godmother's in it who's got magic powers and she just gets like a paragraph list of crap that she's good at and it's just all over the place it's funny because the the opening story is the little mermaid so it's like okay and that this. one was kind of obviously set obviously. in the time period then, of the original and then yeah. this Weird off the cuff thing. This thankless child, it's like, what? <laughs> I got so confused through half of it. Yeah. But my my favorite part, which the ending, the actual ending, like the last page, that's the whole she from she woke up the next day, or when she next woke up, she was. I I didn't get any of that, but um, the way that marriage is dealt with in that society. When the priest's son needs a spouse, basically, and they're talking about it, and the and Paul and her two sisters, half sisters, are talking about what roles they want to play, and like one of the sisters is like, "No, I'd be the husband. There's no way I'd be. Mm-hmm. They can be seen what mom has to do. I would not be." And even mom doesn't know how to be a mother. She right. knows how to right. manage the household. That's why they have the godmother. And mm-hmm. then yeah, and then oh, the godmother. That was like yeah. But we get to, like, after Paul's woken up and is married to the priest's son, he comes in and is all like, we didn't get a chance to talk about it yesterday, but would you rather be the husband or the wife? Mm -hmm. And the fact that the terms are used to describe your position in the household Mm -hmm. as the one that manages the the outside and, like, the farm and the labor and, like, dealing with other people and the one that manages the household and the cleaning and doing the... 
but that it's not a designated gender role. Mm-hmm. It's like we decide what we want to do and then we take on the label of that. Mm-hmm. Regardless of if you're a girl or a boy, okay. right. you decide within your... And like the idea of that, I loved that so yes. much. Yes. Mm-hmm. The rest of it was confusing. I did not understand what the hell was happening at the end. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I loved that relationship. Yes. Mm-hmm. I loved that. Yeah. Godmother was a bitch. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but I was I a huge fan of her. Was I the only one reading Sexual Predator in her? No. No. Because no. she's sure. talking about how, like, first of all, it opens with Paul sitting at the end of the table and always having, like, the least amount of, like, being on the least amount of rations and always having the worst mm-hmm. jobs and everything. Um, but then the godmother is like, the, the godmother is just like, I love you. Mm-hmm. And like, actually in front of everyone else is like, I'm not going to ask how you love me because I know that you don't. Mm-hmm. Right. But then she goes into this whole spiel about how, you know, what, where, where is it? That's the daughter cells. Um, I think I have to read King Lear to also understand this combination of stories because I don't really know. Anything about that story, so I'm just kind of like, what? Yeah, and like Gomer and Robin, the the sisters have their own rooms, and then Paul like sleeps with the godmother, Mm -hmm. and the godmother's like, who else do I allow to share my bed? And I'm like, oh my god, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and just like the godmother doesn't want her to go to see the the priest's son. And the reason she doesn't want is because she doesn't want Paul going to another household. She wants Paul to stay and be hers because she loves her. Right. Mm-hmm. And, like, the reason the godmother is so, like, the godmother is the one giving her all the chores and doing all of this and doing all of these things. And it's because Paul's dead mother, who's buried under a tree, like, her mother will still provide for her mm-hmm. if she needs it. Right. And so the godmother's like, no, you should love me. And so she's, like, jealous of her mother, but also maybe kind of, like, physically in love with the girl who we never get an exact age for. And we never get an age for when the godmother came. Like, how old she was when the godmother first showed up. Mm-hmm. But, and then, so I don't get the point, like, other than, other than the fact that the godmother called the guardians up to lead Paul to the priest's house so that she wouldn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand the point of them because she specifically says, don't let them get behind you. But then they never do, so we don't know what the consequences of that might have been and why it was important that they stay in front of her. Unless that's in one of the other things that you need to have referenced. Right. Um, I'm curious, Jade, did this come up in... Um in your article that explained the... In any of the articles I printed up, I don't remember them talking a whole lot about... Yeah, this one was the Maybe it just confused everyone and nobody wants to own it. Child. Yeah, this one was the most confusing for me. I don't remember them talking about it in the Mashable podcast either. And then, like, the whole thing with salt. Like, we don't know why salt is such a major thing for them, but it is. Yeah. The salt rations and whatnot. The salt rations and the fact that she's being denied... Paul is denied salt... For a while, and then, like, Paul gets sick, and then when the godmother tries to give her salt, she, like, gets ill. And it's described how she, like, how she gets ill is described. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see anything about the thankless child in any of my things. No one got it. And... <laughs> where is it? 
It's an interesting one. Like, I definitely like would like um, to like look at all the originals. Yes. And then like next, you know, next May, just kind of like come back to it and just see how I see them again. So the other, the other. Well, before that, did any? Well, I know we've all been talking about how confusing it is, but the four other sources are all religious. The Ladder of the Divine Ascent, the Lorica of Saint Patrick, the Divine Praises, and the Psalm One Thirty Nine, which. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm definitely not going to know. But just, yeah, then just the fact that, like, Paul gets back from the prince's house, the prince, the priest's son's uh-huh. house, <laughs> and, like, the really nice shirt that the godmother gave her to wear, the godmother is like, no, you're late, I'm going to, so, like, the shirt turns into a bunch of mice. Or dead mice. Oh, oh right. Yeah. Which is what she created it from in the first place. Right. Um, and then just like felt the press of dead fur against her and little dead mice peeled from her skin and dropped onto the floor. And then it's, there's a couple of asterisks. And then when Paul next uh, woke next, she was married and in bed in the priest's house. Now hers and her family's too. The window had been left open and she could see out over the path leading up to the front door. And then, like, the godmother is coming up the path, and she's, like, happy to see the godmother, and that the godmother is going to be joining her her new family. Mm-hmm. And, um, and apparently the men confess to the women. I don't know, because that's one of the things that the priest's son says. But, um, so they, they go through, like, she has this whole conversation with the peace son. The, prince, the priest's son. <laughs> I can't say that, apparently. Um, so, and then... She looked out the window and saw a black figure struggling over the horizon, resolving itself more clearly with every step through the haze of the day's great heat. At first, there was only a head visible over a squirming, flickering mass. Gradually, the torso solidified and was eventually joined by a pair of legs as it made its way up the main road. It paused briefly under a great cypress tree, nearly vanishing in the blackness below its branches, then resumed its journey under the sunlit to the front door. Paul did not need to see the figure's face to know it could read and write a little when the situation called for it. It could walk in the noonday sun without fainting, commission dead deacons, <laughs> haggle with a grocer, <laughs> perform minor miracles, turn a dog into a man for upward of three hours. Cast out territorial spirits, slaughter a chicken without spilling a drop of blood, initiate mysteries, and name over 1,000 neurotoxins. <laughs> the godmother was terribly useful to any household fortunate enough to hold her. She was going to be a great help to Paul in her new position. Paul was terribly lucky to have her. And then, like, Paul gets up, and she suffers the same symptoms of, like, seizing and not being able to breathe that she had earlier in the story when she needed salt or when Mm -hmm. she was taking salt. Like, it was, like, right after the salt, she got the salt. Um, and then her husband's like, what is it? What's the matter? Someone near the door slipped out and returned to the glass a moment later, or to bring her water. He brought it to her lips, and she drank deeply, and then fixed him with her steadiest smile. I'm all right. She said, catching her breath. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm quite all right now. I don't understand any of that. <laughs> like, what, is the godmother there? Is she dreaming all of this? Like, did the godmother put her into a sleep that she thinks she's married? And, like, she's just going to be forever asleep, and is it, like, Sleeping Beauty also in this one? Right. <laughs> yes. Like, 
You don't it's, understand this yeah. one at all. It was really interesting. So that one was just, I mean, that one, if anybody wants to read this and give us their thoughts on that particular, like, I would love that to one in particular. Yeah. Because I did not get it. I don't know the story of the goose girl, but the wedding party, like, really stumped me. But I enjoyed it. Like, I just, I liked the, like, the feeling of just, like, I don't understand what happened. But I just, oh, it, like, I think it was just written really well. And so I was, like, very intrigued and, like, drawn into this story. But I, at the end, I was just, like, I don't get it. Uh, so, yeah, the wedding party, it's just um, man and woman. And they're in a bar. Right? They're in a bar. Or, like, we're waiting for, like... They go to a like, restaurant. That, right, for their, mm-hmm. like, dress rehearsal or whatever. Except they're, like, kind of just getting married in a courthouse with, like, only three people. Right. Right. So yes. it's, like, weird. And they're talking, and then it's, like, they're waiting for a friend that the guy doesn't really seem to like, and the the uh, woman knows it, and then it's she does appear, and the fiance the you know fiance is like talking to this other person outside the door and then it's like their voices fade and he's just like i'm just gonna wait here until she returns because she had the ring and it's like so she said she's gonna come back so i'm just gonna wait and that's where it leaves off and i'm just like what i was okay again my initial my initial thoughts after reading it is allison even real that was the the woman (laughs) who was the the puzzled looking man because at one point the guy just like walks in and he looks weird and the the Allison is like, oh yeah, come join us. And then he walks away. And then I was like, was well, it because... in the wrong place. Then my last question was like, was it because David was talking to himself? Because I was, I was just, again, those are just my like initial, but I wrote like right after reading the story. Um, because I was just like, what is happening? And why was there a puzzled man? And is he hearing voices? And I was just super confused, but I... I liked being confused by this story. <laughs> so I was also, you know, kind of confused by it, but I think that was a little more because I am really familiar with the Goose Girl. Mm, okay. In fact, reading that one, um, not just the original story mm-hmm. of the Goose Girl, but the um, there's a particular version of it referenced indirectly, like directly referenced, but not sourced really. Where um, they start talking about the story of the Goose Girl, uh-huh. um, and they mention Falada, the horse, the horse. who was given his the head, magic talking yeah, horse. the magic talking horse who gets its head cut off and it's over the gate, and that's how like the prince starts to realize that the serving. Because the story of the Goose Girl is the two switch, the maiden and the yeah. princess switch. And he's gonna marry. He's supposed to marry the princess, That's but the right. pri- but the servant girl takes her place. Exactly. And it's but whether or not she is saying when they kill the horse, make sure to place his head above, um, like where she. But the version of it that they're referencing, oh, because it's okay. not that's not actually in the original one. The horse is only in the Shannon Hale version. No. It's not. It, no. It's is it original. called Falada in the original? Yes. Uh huh. Huh. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Because I was referencing the Shannon Hale one. No, and that's it's the one. in the original. Because in the original, the princess is in charge of um, the geese. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So she wants the, the horse's head above the arch where she passes through every day with the geese, so that she can so she can talk to the horse. That's in the original. Why does she want to talk to the horse? 
Hmm? Why does she want to talk to the horse? Because it was her horse. Cause... Why did they kill it? Um, the at least because in the Shannon Hill version, knew. because he knew that the servant girl wasn't really the princess and right. was reacting. It was so a horse she... that she raised since it was since it was a colt, okay. and it would buck her like every time. It would not let her near it. So she was afraid that the horse would talk and say she is not the real princess, so she okay. had killed. Which but in when the this happened, the real princess said, "Hang him above the arch where I walk every day to okay. talk to him." Which, in the Shannon Hale version, I think it makes a little more sense because the servant girl mm -hmm. is the one that orders the horse killed, mm -hmm. but yes. the horse can't talk to everyone. It's just a, like it only a, talks to the princess. The princess. And okay. in the Shannon Hale version, she the servant girl has the horse killed, and she's the one that orders the princess because the princess escaped. Mm -hmm. And she, but she knows that she's somewhere in the city, and in order to prevent her from trying to get near the prince and trying to warn them, she hangs the, has the heads hung above one of the entrance gates as a warning to the princess. So, right there. I was telling you earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so this whole scene of like the, the escape part, for some reason, I was trying. So, I don't know if you watched it, but when I was little, I friggin' love The Swan Princess. Oh, God, yes. Right? That movie was amazing. Oh, right? It was so amazing. Oh. So, like, as I was reading this, I was just like, oh, this is The Swan Princess. And I'm like, no, you're dumb. The Swan Princess mm -hmm. is Swan Lake. Yes. Um, but for some reason, the escape reminded me of The Swan Princess. See, I need to go and read The Goose Girl. And oh, then it's I good. think I will get. You'll better you'll get, get this story. Well, yeah, I do enjoy it, but yeah, I'm just like, I don't really get it. Reading it, I honestly wasn't sure because even at one point in the in one of the author's notes or something, um, Mallory Orberg says that, I don't know if it was in the acknowledgments or in something else, but something I read was that this, some of them are retellings, but some of them are just referencing Mm -hmm. And so, like, I think part of what confused me on um, the wedding party was I was looking for the retelling of the Goose Girl, and I didn't see it. Gotcha. Well, because, so the wedding party But is... it does refer to it so specifically that I'm like, it was this one of them that just references it mm. rather than retells it. Mm -hmm. So this one, there are three sources. The Goose Girl, which is the one that is, like, That we obvious. all recognize, yeah. Yes, because yeah. it is referenced. And then the exactly. Earl of Mars' Daughter, which is a child ballad. And then the Demon Lover, which is a Scottish ballad. So I don't know those two. So I don't so know So maybe Allison is imaginary. But I was also thinking that maybe, like, she's in love with Tessa, and the Tess is in love with her, and will try to mm. sabotage things. Mm -hmm. And that he recognizes that, and that Allison is just, like... Um, because the whole story is that, you know, it's this whole, like, the whole thing is this conversation between this couple Allison that's about and David. to get married. Uh -huh. But when they are at the restaurant, they're about to meet Tessa, who, like, Tessa's going to be meeting them, and I think David just, like, met her the night before, but yeah, he, that was or, kind of the impression that mm -hmm. I got, that he hasn't really... He doesn't but, know her very well. Alice, she's Allison's childhood friend, and they've been living together, and she's, like, really wealthy, but never offered Allison anything, like, even with rent and everything. She, like, Allison would still pay her half of it, and she never offered to, hey, I can get the rent this month, or I can get the rent until you. And he's just like, why didn't she, you know, if she has so much, and you're so such a good friend of her, of mm -hmm. hers, why didn't she ever offer anything, and why aren't you 
aspect. Weirded about that. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. I also kind of enjoyed that from that aspect of Allison's like self assertiveness and her mm-hmm. I didn't need any like mm-hmm. yes, I was working my ass off, but I didn't, you know, I still pulled my own weight. And it would have mm-hmm. been awkward for me to ask for things. I was never and I'm not gonna get mad at her and ruin a friendship that's very that I'm very close with her by asking her for something and then obviously she considered it at some point and thought, No, I'm not going to give her anything. Yeah. And so if I ask for it, it's just gonna make things awkward when she says no, mm-hmm. like she did before. Like she did in her own internal dialogue. And yeah. Like, the fact that she doesn't, that she's like, hey, if you want to pay for all of the rent when we're married and I'm living with you, that's cool. <laughs> but I'm not going to ask somebody else for something that they're not willing to give. Mm-hmm. And I liked that about that. Mm-hmm. I like that about Allison. There was a thing, oh gosh, where was it? So much paperwork. So I know. <laughs> not as many as I've printed before. Um, this was an interview with, who was it? Vox. Um, I think I read this one. And is this the one I liked, though? I don't know. There's so many. Um, <laughs> just kind of asked her about, like, asked him about, like, the themes of the book and stuff. And um, he said it's just sort of the themes that he was kind of playing with. Like, how do the ideas of responsibility versus belonging play up against each other? Mm-hmm. If you belong to someone, can they make you responsible for them? Which kind of, like, especially played with, like, the... Um, the frog and toad one, I felt like. That, yes. at least that particular question. Uh-huh. Um, that's not the one that I really liked, though. Where is it? Oh, man. I really had to, like, make sure I my notes, like, better organized. Because there was one that just summed it perfectly. I'll find it. I'll reference it later. Mm-hmm. So many. Is it this one? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I got sidetracked by reading upside down stuff about William Shatner. (laughs) His newsletter. Oh gosh, that's really gonna bother me. I can't find it. Well, it's okay. (laughs) There, there are two other stories: the Frog Princess and Cast Your Bread Upon the Waters. I didn't read the. I wasn't able to read the Cast Your Bread Upon the Waters, so I guess we can talk about the Frog Princess and then end up with um, the other one. Um. So to be honest, I don't really know the original story of the Frog Princess. I've I know I've the, seen the Disney movie, and I know like the absolute basic But we don't know what the frog asked for, or what, you know, we know that the frog asked for a kiss, but did he ask for anything else? Or what, you know, was well, there more to that story? What I thought was interesting, which I guess I didn't, I mean, I, I get, but I don't get, is the whole like, oh, but were you on the well? versus near the well or whatever like well it's like if you were standing outside someone's house or standing in it okay yeah that explain it for you yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what did you guys think of the story i thought it was another one like i read rape into a lot of these (laughs) stories about like sexual predators i mean the frog tells this boy to stick him between his thighs yeah yeah yeah. I was like, what? Like, that's how he was like, excuse me? And comfortable was like in between his knees and kissing like him behind the knees. Yeah, I know. That was like I so know. A lipless kiss. Like, I was like, yeah. ugh. <laughs> grody but grody. Oh, man. Yeah, it was so, so gross. And then, 
What were you thinking of the king's reactions to all of this? Not like into it. Not not into it because like the the father was saying like who's at the door? Is he expecting to come in? Bring him in. Like he was totally for like the frog being there and he will go into your room and he will sleep in your bed. It's like like the, like you made this promise. Even like, though he really didn't. Yeah. And yeah, it's like yeah, you made this promise. It's like uh dude, it's a frog. Yeah, and it's like, no, I didn't really, like, I wasn't really consenting, but it was kind of, you know, kind of forced, just the, I'm going to get your ball, kind of, you know, whatever, all that stuff. Like, I did something nice for you, now mm-hmm. you owe me. What are you going yes. to do for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, let's come to an agreement. It was, right. I'm going to do something nice for you, you owe me. Yeah. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, I found it. I found the, like, <laughs> the whatever, the, like, summing up statement. Each of these 11 stories asks something similar. What do we owe our friends, family, and strangers? Mm-hmm. And what, what is it fair to ask of them? Okay. Yeah. And I was like, yes. Yes. <laughs> that exactly sums up this book. Right? Yeah. I was like, I'm going to find it. Because it was really, like, just well put. And especially with, like, this story, it was just like, I don't really owe you anything, but... I'm just, like, waiting for the day that the frog falls, like, makes him take him outside or something, and then the sun, we've already seen that the sun really likes the kid, so the sun is just going to get jealous and, like, burn the fuck out of the frog. <laughs> like, I think that's the part two of this story, and then this, the boy will just be like, oh, well, no. right, I guess I can put up with the sun liking me this much. <laughs> Although, given the way the rest of the stories are going, like, the sun, like, the boy would just be like, Cool! I'm going to go sleep in my bed with my covers pulled up. Why is the sun staring at me again? (laughs) Like, he did seem fairly self-centered. Now, we're not given an age. We're not given an age. We know that he's the youngest. Right. The youngest daughter. The youngest daughter, yes. He he is the youngest daughter. (laughs) Even though he's a boy. Because Mm -hmm. that's the way this book rolls, and it's amazing. So good. Yeah, I like the story, but I guess I kind of wish I would have read The Frog Prince like fully to fully know the story mm-hmm. um yeah um so, do we want to talk about the last one real fast? Okay, yeah so i think because we that one, that's the only one we haven't talked about yet <laughs> so and i didn't even i didn't i don't let me get back to it yeah i don't know johnny crow and his mermaid bride and then this um this religious text from Thomas Aquinas. No clue. Uh, yeah, I feel like I read the Thomas Aquinas book, or I've read something that referenced it at one point in my in college school career, but yeah. um, I was actually kind of reading this as Selkie Brides, honestly. I don't know if that's a similar story to the Mermaid Bride, but that is kind of what I was reading it, mm. like stealing something. The Selkie brides, like stealing oh. the fur, like stealing, stealing the coat, and then mm-hmm. they marry the fisherman, and they'd always be looking for their coat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what I was reading it as. I, I, again, I'm not at all familiar with the Johnny Croy version, so I don't know if that's the same. But I, I honestly think that you would have liked it, Sarah, because it involves a mother. Um, the mother is telling the story of her son, who is beautiful but dumb as a post. Is it a mom? Yeah. I. 
Oh, like, do you think it might have been a father? I just, it doesn't say, and I, I, I read that in, as an old woman. I read that in one of the things where it was like, you don't really know the narrator in that story because it's like, it could be the mom, it could be the dad oh, okay. of Johnny Croy. Or I Johnny. Mean, I will read it probably like tomorrow in the car or something. Um, Honestly, either way, okay, so either way, Johnny. I read it as a dad. An okay. idiot. Yeah, I was reading it but, as an old mom. However, I think that's the beauty um, of that story is you just don't know. Uh-huh. And yeah, Johnny falls in love with this woman from the sea. Who's like combing her hair on a rock while he's supposed to be collecting yeah. driftwood. Because takes the fishing hasn't been that great, so they have to make driftwood out now. Because the oh. people on the boats from the mainland, they'll buy anything from an old person on the, mm-hmm. <laughs> on the beach. Because it's getting very descriptive on that. And so he takes a comb and he won't give it back. <laughs> and yeah, then they get married they have and they yeah, And they negotiate because he wants her to come live on land and yeah. he wants him to come... And then she agrees to live on land with him for seven years, right. as long as he will come into the ocean and let her drown him, basically, and live what? with her. Or drown him. Okay. Yeah, because she's mm-hmm. the mer person. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. And she'll take him and everything that belongs to him. Which... I like that. The house and everything actually belongs to the parent. Okay. Uh-huh. But, so they get married, and they get married in a formal like church ceremony, and the mer chick only shivers a little bit when the Bible is, like, passed over her. <laughs> But, um, so they have six kids, and when the seven years are up, like, the, like, as the seven years are coming to a close, Johnny, like, makes a boat and starts taking the kids out, like, on, and he kind of starts getting a little bit, like, he doesn't regret what he does, like, the parent is watching the entire time to see if he regrets what he does, because they're all living with him, with this parent. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and... So the narrator, the parent, is looking for regret in the son the whole time and for something in the daughter to see if she's also, like, if she's miserable or if she's unhappy with this arrangement. And they're not. And so the, and the kids are all baptized because the parent takes them out secretly and baptizes each of them. Okay. And so the parent's like, I'm not letting, like, to themselves or, like, he he dug his own grave. He can do whatever, but I'm not letting them take three six innocent souls. And so they make uh, he fashion, or the parent fashion, fashions a cross crosses out of radio wire. Yeah, heats them in the and then goes and like places them places it between each child's shoulder shoulder plates so that each of them have a cross burned into their backs. For protection. Yeah, okay. But gives them a whole bunch of medication so they're passed the fuck out all night. <laughs> so they don't wake up for anything. Uh-huh. Um, and then takes Johnny and, like, binds him up. And this is the day before the seven years are out. Like, okay. the night before, like, the next days. Goes and takes him on the boat and then gets a hot poker and, like, stabs the merchant in, like, the neck. And, like, drags her and is like, you're going to go with me, you're going to go in front of me, like, you're going to take your comb, you're going to take Johnny, you're going to do whatever the fuck you want in the ocean. But Stabs you're leaving her a few the kids. More time. Yeah, yeah. But, but you're not taking the kids. Mm-hmm. I'm going to... Oh. Okay. And, like, stabs her a few more times for good measure. She may be dying, she may not. We don't know. Interesting. The narrator doesn't even know. It's like, I don't know. Um, and then it's, like, the religious text comes into play at that point. But that's kind of it, and it's just like... Well, hello. no, she cuts off the... The, the, the narrator is... All right. Um, 
Okay, the book of Matthew, chapter 18. Jesus said to his disciples, Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. Better that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and he cast in the sea, than that he should offend one of those little ones. Right. And then, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off, I said to Johnny, and cast them from thee. It is better to enter into life halted or maimed, rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. And if thine eye offended thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. Johnny, that eye has offended thee. So she asks Johnny to, like, which, which eye do you want to keep? Mm-hmm. And... He doesn't, like, want to say anything at first, and then she's like, the parents just like, um, so I waited, uh, let me help a bit more, and do not make me send my only son full blind to his death in the sea. So he waited another minute, then he jerked his head to the right, and I thanked him, and then the parent pokes out his left eye, and then cuts off his left hand, because he shouldn't have looked at her, he shouldn't have wanted her, and shouldn't have taken her, but... He he had not taken the ch- as he had not taken the children. I left him his right hand and the right eye in his head. The rest I threw into the sea. All the while he said nothing, only groaned while his wife bled and glared beside him. And then the parent just like pushes off the boat and watches as they float away. And that's like, <laughs> the end of the story. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and so and you know it's a little the parents a little bit you know like oh, my son my stupid son. And now I've got six more kids to take care of, and that's on him. But then, like, it's also, like... So it's just really weird. I think you'll enjoy it. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely going to finish <laughs> it's it. It's one of the darker ones. Mm-hmm. My style. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, overall, like, even if you didn't like these stories, they went above your head, you didn't know, like, most of the sources, this author is just... He writes so beautifully yeah i did mention at one point when i was talking to sarah about this a few days ago that it sometimes seemed to me that the words were intended to confuse the reader yes like there'd be a lot of larger words that have multiple meanings or that like they'd be like the description of the godmother in Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. thankless child with all of that stuff and it's just good and then you're like reading all this and then suddenly like knows the names of a thousand neurotoxins wait what yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it does seem occasionally that it was written to confuse the reader, but I do think that it was intended that you'd have to, that the important bits are the, like, that you'd have to pay attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, this Definitely. is not something that you can just read. It, exactly. You yes. have to pay attention. Right. So, I, overall, I really liked it, but like I said at the very beginning, I'm a fan of this author, um, of all, all of his work. Um, and I would be really excited to see if um, he writes kind of like a follow-up or a few mm-hmm. of short stories. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It was. I, I, I'm a big, I've, I've always loved fairy tales. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I was telling Jay this morning, like, if kind of I'm 30 years old, I'm just going to go ahead and say 30 years old, and like one of my things is like, I want to own like all of the Disney movies because I've always loved like the fairy tales and the fables and the legends. I've always like really liked that. So um, it was fun to see them reimagined. To see them reimagined, mm-hmm. yeah, in a very intellectual way. Mm-hmm. And a very, again, a very timely way. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, it was just so good. I've really been trying to read more short stories and I. 
yeah, I just couldn't put this one down. It was like I read one and then, you know, I had to like write my little thoughts and my post-its and it was just That's like... That's probably a good idea. I should probably like write my thoughts immediately because there were some was like, ugh, I kind of forgot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a notebook for that today to keep track of that as I so. finish. Because I can't interrupt myself when I'm reading like that. I can't, I can't write a note while I'm mm. like in the process of reading, but no. I can do it when I'm done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what's nice about short stories. Like, you can get through a short story fairly quickly, and then it's just like, boom, there's your podcast or your podcast, your post it. Right. That just kind of like wraps up your thoughts on it. <sighs> yeah, I definitely want more from Daniel Orberg, mm-hmm. like right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Um, Do you guys have any retellings, other retellings that you would recommend? Um, I have a few. Um, I hate Fairyland. You guys oh, know yeah. how much I love that. Mm-hmm. By Scotty Young. The graphic novels. Um, it's been a long time since I've read it, but The Mist of Avalon by Marianne mm-hmm. oh. Zimmer Bradley. Uh-huh. And the one I, the most recent one I read is Geekerella by Ashley yes. Poston, which is just it's adorable. <gasps> magical. It's I so magical. I have it too. And did I? I need. No, I've been planning to pre order or order the paperback copy because it came out with like kind of a slightly different cover mm-hmm. um okay. oh it's so good it's such a good like spin on cinderella and it's a white novel if you haven't heard of it or read it um it's just it's such a feel-good story and i think also the fact that she's a hufflepuff the author <laughs> it was just like there's oh. the reason i love this book because it's just like hufflepuff pride um so much and it was fantastic if i had favorite retelling it's um it's kids trilogy um i probably tell my kids way more than you guys but i am obsessed with this author adam gitwitz um his newest book was or like his newest standalone book was the inquisitor's tale he's writing um a new little trilogy i'm not quite sure where it's gonna go trilogy or series it's called like the unicorn society I'm not talking about that though. So his first books were called, um, the very first one was called A Tale Dark and Grim, and it's mm-hmm. a trilogy. And these kids, I don't know if they're brother or sister or if they're just friends, but they get like there's they're in the world of this like of, like fairy tale land or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's about how they interact with the characters in these stories that we know very well, and it's um, it's it's just really cute and he like the way that he. So you have like this very like casual slang talk of the kids in these, you know, medieval stories. And it's just like, it's just like a great play on, on the stories and they're super, super fun. Mm-hmm. So we will, there's a lot of stuff I feel like we're going to link um, yeah. in the post for, for this <laughs> yes, episode. Definitely. But um, that's like my favorite thing to do is to link so <laughs> well, we're a lot um i'd have to say like i mentioned it earlier when i got confused about the goose girl but shannon hale who is fantastic she's an amazing oh, yes. author she is austin land austin land yes <laughs> did not realize it was by her and then i was like oh i'm gonna be reading this anyway let's keep putting this on the list the for Jane graphic novels but she wrote high for like tweens and teens like i'd say it's like borderline um, she rewrote, uh, she did a retelling of The Goose Girl that okay. was originally supposed to be a standalone of just The Goose Girl story. Okay. Um, 
and it, it pretty it pretty closely follows, except for the fact that there's kind of magic involved, and the kingdoms are going to war, and the servant girl doesn't care, and actually kind of encourages the war because she knows that the prince's kingdom would completely wipe out the princesses, and like mm. kind of says, oh no, they were planning a surprise attack in advance. This wasn't supposed to be a peace thing, because then if his country wipes out the then everybody who actually would recognize the princess will be dead. Um, What's it called? The Goose Girl. It oh, is actually okay. called The Goose Girl. Oh, okay. And there is a little bit of, like, it's one of those worlds where there's kind of a little bit of magic, but people, like, it's legendary. And it actually turns out that the actual princess is a wind speaker, and so she can command the wind, but she doesn't realize it at first, and it's like something that kind of comes and goes and that she eventually can figure out towards the end. But it turns out that the servant girl is something much more dangerous, um, and she's a people speaker, which is as she's talking to you, she can convince mm. anyone of pretty much anything unless they really like have a strong enough will or a strong enough reason not to believe her. Mm -hmm. huh. And, like, of course, there's the horse head thing, which is a little bit graphic. Um, and then there's also a scene at the end where... She tries to tell, like, the servant girl tells the king that the princess is a servant girl who's trying to usurp her and that she should be sealed into a barrel full of nails and rolled down a hill. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it's this whole thing. And, like, the but the prince like, actually... Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, the prince actually falls in love with the princess, like, the actual princess without realizing it because he doesn't like all the stuffiness. Mm-hmm. Um... But then it ended up being so popular and the world, like, she just had so many ideas for it that Shannon Hill ended up writing another three books. Oh, wow. Taking place in that world. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, that the second one ends up going into, like, focusing on a girl that turns out to be a fire speaker. And it also goes into, like, the negative effects of these powers because the princess, by this point... Are these in the teen room? Or they the are. Room? I think I might have asked you if we should move them to the kids' room because they were in the teen room. Hmm. I feel like I have them... I feel like I was just looking at them. You might have them on a cart because I was asking you if we should move them. Okay, that's probably what it was. Um, the second one, like one of the princess's friends, turns out to be a fire speaker or learns how to be a fire speaker. But in the meantime, like the princess gets to a point where she has to like stay in a sealed room because the wind is just so, huh. like it's always bringing voices to her. Like she's going crazy. Interesting. And then the third one goes into like one of their other friends, but brings in other people too and then the fourth one again kind of goes through their group but brings in huh. more people into the world rather than all of them focusing on the one person it just mm -hmm. goes into the world so it's That's really cool. it's a really good series okay and one where i almost forgot about it how <laughs> i did it's not really like a retelling but it's more of like a what happened after the school for good and evil Mm. By Soman Chinani. Oh, oh, magical series. I think there's gonna be a fifth book. I feel oh, like wow. I follow okay. him on Instagram. And I think he has like a cover reveal or something. Um, I haven't read the fourth one yet, but I need to. But yeah, it's ah, the school for good evil is oh just my gosh, super was, good. That was a free book I got. The fourth one. Oh, nice. Uh -huh, I won that. You actually won a book. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Occasionally no, it happens novel. to the rest of us. Yeah. Or the rest of us, I don't know. Um, gotten like two or three, and Jane's gotten like 5,000. Yeah, she's got a library of free books. Um, I need to just read them all now. Goodness gracious. The other thing I would recommend, um, 
is Disney is actually putting out a series called Twisted Tales. Hmm. Oh, yes. Which uh, takes... The Beast one. How yeah, it takes one aspect of the story. It supposedly takes one aspect of the story and twists it so that it right. changes things so and makes things different. So there are three books right now, right? Four. Four. Reflection just came out. Okay. Um, so far they have Aladdin, mm-hmm. uh, Beauty and the Beast, which I've read both of those. They have Sleeping mm-hmm. Beauty and yeah. Mulan. Yeah. Um, which and this, the covers are gorgeous. Like, the covers are gorgeous. Dark. Are these way? Yeah. Yes. Oh. I would um I would recommend them. They're pretty good stories. They do often have like convenience things happening or things that aren't entirely believable or that like things get twisted a little like, oh, this one thing is twisted and then like the entire story is different and so it's not just like some of them take one event in the story and change that mm-hmm. so that the story changes. Other ones, like, Aladdin did that, where it was just, like, Jafar got a hold of the lamp, and so he had the genie's powers from the beginning, and then Aladdin Mm. and Jasmine had to, like, start a revolution. Beauty and the Beast changed the fact that, like, made Belle's mom the fairy Mm. that Mm. cursed the prince, but then it tells all of this back, so the story goes back and forth between what happened in the past... Right. ...and, like, what's actually going on in the asylum, and all of this other... So, is the author plan on doing, like... All of these I don't think Liz or? Roswell has done all that's of them at this point. The point I don't. I or is she at least like thinking she's going to write on? Because is she taking the Disney story? Yeah, it's the it's the Disney version. Okay. Disney is the one that commissioned the books. Okay. okay well, there you go. Huh. Um. Oh yeah, you gotta check them out. Yeah, I remember the Mulan one. I just love that story. Yeah, because Reflection was written by Elizabeth Elizabeth Lim, not by Liz Broswell. Oh, okay. So they're commi- they're at this point they're commissioning different authors to nice. see right for to it. take on. Okay, hmm. that's cool. Yeah, I got to. I mean, out. there's like so many retellings because yeah, we, we get these stories all the time because we love retellings. Yeah. <laughs> we do love retellings, and they're all in the public domain, so you don't need to pay a whole bunch of rights holders to mm-hmm. to make a retelling right. of it. Exactly. Yeah. So before we completely end. Um, to be consistent, um, anything this week make you guys particularly happy? There was one thing that made me super happy, so I'm going to talk I about keep that. forgetting we do this. I got to do so it. So it's like always on the spot. I'm like, um, well, when I came across this news this week, I was like, oh my God, this is what I'm talking about. Okay, then you go first. Um, so in high school, I started, well, even maybe like end of middle school, I I loved, like, the Travel Channel. That was, like, my favorite channel. And I was, like, obsessed with every show that Samantha Brown did. I don't know how, if you guys are familiar at all with her. But she, I think one of the reasons why I liked her so much was because she was, like, the only uh, female travel host on the Travel Channel. Mm-hmm. And that's actually, like, a thing um, right now that's being talked about is how um, men are the only one who are, like, these, like, food hosts the documentaries, things like that, yeah. And it's like, come on, where are the women? They all, like... They're so all like, on HGTV making over homes. That <laughs> or they're bloggers. Yes. Mm. And a blogger is not going to make the money that a male host is. So, like, there's this whole conversation about, like, Samantha Brown and Anthony Bourdain. And I'm not going to get into all that. We can link that if you want to see <laughs> If um, you really want to know. Huh. Um, so, I think that was, like, first of all... 
my major is in history and anthropology, so I'm, I love learning about history and culture and all these different places. But then the fact that it was like a woman that was going to all these places and kind of showcasing them made it all the more. Well, she hasn't been on the Travel Channel for a, a while. while. Yeah. She came out with her own, like, she totally left Travel Channel because she was totally being abused. And she created her own, like, I think, like, Kickstarter or something like that. And she has her own show um, on PBS. It nice. launched in January. It's called like, Samantha Brown Places That I Love. Um, I haven't oh. watched it at all, but I'm like super excited to, nice. to kind of get into it. Yeah. Because she's like completely in control. She's the producer, director, writer. That's awesome. Day. And so she's going like all over the world. So I was like, oh, this That's is the neat. greatest news in the world for me. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, about six more books I am done. <laughs> I went to Barnes and Noble today and bought five. Oh uh, yeah, I bought three more today. Um, oh god, it's a problem. Uh, let me see. Well, yeah. Uh, Book Riot on one of their emails had like a an ad. You know, this email sponsored by whatever. And I can't remember what the fourth book is called, but the first one's like the Paper Magician. I'm blanking on the author, Charlie something. Um. And there's four books, and so the, the late, latest one just came out, and I was just like, oh, this sounds really cool, and they're short. Like, I think we could possibly even put the first one up as a potential for the podcast. Um, and so I was like, oh, okay, cool. Six books later. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it kills me, but I'm super excited, so that's probably my, like, happy moment for this week. <laughs> More books! And I want another one. I got an email. <laughs> I got an email earlier this week, so I was like, oh, cool. Oh, my god. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you win. So sorry, not sorry. I know. I know, right? Um, I went and saw Deadpool last night. Deadpool. Yes. Oh, I definitely want to see it. Who's also a Hufflepuff. So hilarious. Just going to point that out. Wait, what? He's a Hufflepuff. Ryan Reynolds is a Hufflepuff. Is he really? Fork, yes. Well, like Deadpool. I don't know about Ryan Reynolds, but Deadpool, yes. Yeah. I guess in one Deadpool of the comics. Is yeah. a yes. Yeah. And well the comic there's a comic you know, one of his comics. Yeah. There's a picture where he's going to like one of the books um releases mm-hmm. and somebody spoils something. Okay. So one of the endings, I think it was like for the sixth book or something, I don't even know. And like he goes off on this person, but he's wearing a Hufflepuff robe. <laughs> and it was like and the people confirm like yes, he is a Hufflepuff. And that I was like Yes. Perfect then. Come on. He is totally loyal as long as you That's don't piss him off. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Hufflepuff. And he is very hardworking. For the win. Anyways. He loves his job, but he's very hardworking at it. Mm-hmm. This is what I don't get. I never saw the, the movie that I was going to bring up, but Ryan Reynolds has tried to be a superhero. Green before, Lantern? And it did not work out. Oh, no. God, no. That movie was horrendous. And he makes reference to that in the first Deadpool. Right. He makes yes. reference to that in this one. Nice. <laughs> so now he is Deadpool, where he absolutely kills it. Kills it. A lot of it with Green so Lantern was the CGI was horrible. Mm. Like, you can watch one scene from that and be like, this is bad. <laughs> um, the CGI but he was didn't bad, the writing didn't movie. end up being, yeah. Like, he and then, like, the, the I mean, editing. He totally redeemed himself, from my understanding. Oh, yeah, but even then, he had, I mean, if you saw the Wolverine movie, like, the version of Deadpool in that. Like, the reason he, like, part of the reason he got so gung-ho about wanting a Deadpool movie 
is because he knew the character could be so much better than what was in the Wolverine movie because right. that was also horrible. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was so bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this character Ryan Reynolds, like he obviously is having a good time. Everybody's having a blast, except Cable. He's all serious all the time. Thanos. I know, I know. Which is like okay, Thanos. Uh huh. <laughs> Which is because he's is Thanos. Yeah, Josh Brolin. Yeah. So that's why I'm like totally thrown off because he's in like three superhero movies that I've seen. Right. Previews for I'm like, what? Uh huh. Honestly, I can't. I don't really like Josh Brolin as um. Oh, I would kill. After <laughs> freaking Goonies. Oh, man. So good. Like, just love me. <laughs> Can I just say, like, not saying anything about Deadpool, but, like, my roommate and I ended up, like, totally getting into it on, like, Tuesday, I think. We just binge watched interviews with Ryan Reynolds and James Rowland, like, about they had them on the. Oh, my God. What's the British show? Oh, Graham. Graham Norton. Yeah. Like, they had this whole thing with the two of them on the Graham Norton show talking about Deadpool, and then we just spiraled from there watching, like, in all of the interviews with the two of them. They are so funny together. <laughs> um, Ryan Reynolds is amazing. In general, yes. <laughs> but in, like, the way that they play off of each other, and apparently at, like, one point there was a picture that they showed on the Graham Norton show that is, like, James Brolin working out, and then they pan out to it, and you just, like, see the intense face, and you pan out to it, and he's sitting on a toilet, and the two of them are going off each other, and he's like, oh, no, he totally took that picture about Ryan, like, Ryan Reynolds with the doctor, which may or may not be true, but they started saying it in the interview. It was hilarious. Gosh, so, watch those. Watch Deadpool 2. Oh, Don't take your kids, even though Deadpool says it's a family movie. It's kind of not. <laughs> it 100% is not. I think when I saw the first one, they were like, Little kids. Yes. Yeah, because and it was just like, understand. Like, I had to tell... Like, my brother is a teenager now, but he was not when the first one came out. And I had to tell my mom, do not let my brother see that movie. It's His friends wanted more. to see it, but... Well, so when the movie came out, what, a year or two ago? Two years two ago. Two years ago, yeah. okay. Um, I had a bunch of little kids wanting to come in and read the Deadpool comics, and I'm just like, yeah. I do not censor anything, but mom was standing right there, and I said, I Are you aware of... I think you need to read the comics. You, mom, read the comics, and then you make the call what you want to do. Because parents, because I mean, I love the movie. Is it rated R? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It was the thing that set off, and it was it was what proved to the comic book industry that they could make comic book hero movies rated R, and that they would be be well, yeah, be well. But David. So he's 30, so he, his favorite uh, superhero was uh, Wolverine. And we just went and saw, I think, Logan, mm-hmm. the one who Hugh Jackman has said he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first, like, 10 minutes, I'm like, what is this rated? Because, like, <laughs> all superhero movies are PG-13. Right. Which and is, again, what most parents assumed going into Deadpool and why you had so many kids. So I'm like, I lean over to David, and I'm like, what is this rated? And he's like, it's R. And I'm like... <laughs> Check the ratings, people. It's supposed to be like a family movie. Nope. No. Um, Deadpool proved that they could do well with it, and so they're Mm -hmm. running with it. Okay, yeah. As they should. (laughs) But Deadpool was like absolutely amazing. But having seen it before I had this wave of kids coming in wanting to read it, I was like, Mm. 
for those parents who are strict about what their kids read, you need to read this. Don't just assume that because it's a superhero, especially because Deadpool in particular is not really superhero, it's more anti-hero. Yes. And that's the same thing, just giving everybody a heads up if you don't know. Mm -hmm. If you don't, giving everybody a heads up if you don't know, the new Venom movie that is going to be very popular and is coming out soon is also R. Is it? Okay. And is also anti-hero. Yeah. Tom Hardy. It is Tom Hardy. (laughs) (sighs) I love him so much. Okay, I think we could keep talking forever and ever and ever, but you don't want to keep listening to us, so (laughs) we could do a whole conversation just about Marvel movies. (laughs) We could. That would be forever. Um. (laughs) You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Instagram. uh, thelibrarianssuggest.com. That's right. We We do have a website. Yeah, we're trying to post way more now, so make sure to check us out on. or at deliveranceadjust.com. Uh, my name is Sarah. I'm Jade. And I'm Gina. And, and we'll, we'll see you in the sex. sex.